All right, here we are again with another episode of the Crossplay Podcast. It's been it's been a while. Why didn't we do one last week? Oh yeah, j- uh, July Fourth. America was celebrating their independence from. You were celebrating le- leaving me. <laughs> so we quite literally left you last week. Yeah, and didn't yeah. have a podcast. <laughs> Your role played. <laughs> Uh, I'm Chandler Wood, Senior Editor for PlayStation Lifestyle. Cameron Teague, Editor-in-Chief, PlayStation Lifestyle. Jason Faulkner, Senior Editor, Game Revolution. And Paul Tamburo, Executive Editor of Game Revolution. All right. Uh, So I guess we're starting off uh, with with our new what-are-you-playing-slash-watching thing this week again. We should give a little jingle for that. Yeah. Jingle. Jingle, jingle. <laughs> um, all right, let, uh, Paul, you go, you go first. What are you playing and watching? So I'm playing uh, the Ensign Trilogy on uh, the Switch now that it's come out. Um, I mean, to, I, I started playing it a bit on the PS4 uh, when it came out, but it was like gold dust over in the UK. Like Genuinely, it sold out everywhere. I've never seen anything like it for a game. No exaggeration, when it came out on the PS4, GTA, Red Dead Redemption, you could get your hands on that. You could not get your hands on Crash Bandicoot and Sign Trilogy. So by the time I picked it up, I was like less interested in it. But now I'm um now I'm playing it on the Switch and it's uh it's all right. <laughs> it's fi- <laughs> it's fine. It, it's okay. It's uh, uh you know a lot's been made about how difficult it is and it is difficult. It's very difficult. But um I was never that much of a big fan of Crash in the day, but uh. I guess I'm like fucking sadistic and just want to put myself through something that I don't enjoy uh, over and over again. So that's what I'm playing. Um, in terms of what I'm watching, it's the World Cup, ain't it? Just, <laughs> just, just the World Cup. Now that uh, England are uh, are gonna win it, so uh, that's so that's nice. Um, but yeah, not much, not much aside from that. I wish that England was gonna win it. They're not. <laughs> but I'm so proud of them for going this far. Thank you. Uh, on behalf of England, <laughs> we, we, th- we thank you. It's got it's got very Larry over here. Now the World Cup's on. It, it's it's difficult because it's very very hot, so people are already mad. But then like football brings out the absolute worst in people. Um, so there's just a lot of walking around town when matches are on, and you know glasses being thrown everywhere. And people just generally making a fool of themselves. So it'll be nice when that's over. But um, but yeah, I don't quite know whether if England lose or if they win, what reaction's going to be worse? Because people have already started like jumping on ambulances and stuff now, and just. I saw the guy jump through that. uh, It looked like a bus stop. (laughs) Yeah, it went straight through. Yeah, there's a lot of like people seem to like lose their grip on reality and what like consequences are for their actions when when football's on so it's like you know you got all the londoners uh running into ikea and like just messing up stuff there because we played sweden so um they like just started <laughs> jumping on beds and throwing cushions around in <laughs> in an ikea and then people running over ambulances literally dancing on them I don't know. Is it? It's a. It's a weird thing. I'm not really that much into my football anymore. Um, so, like, from like an outsider's perspective of just being a very casual onlooker, quite uh, always always interested to see uh, 
exactly how people react to football because it's never a good reaction. I don't understand. People people are very... I wish I was into anything as much as these people are into football. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Um, I guess switching back onto the gaming front, I'm also watching a lot of World Cup as well, but I've actually been playing Harvest Moon, um, A Light of Hope, and it's just so nothing and yet I keep booting it up to harvest <laughs> crops and make... there's like nothing going on the story is shit the characters are stupid but I keep booting it up <laughs> I think this is a, a lot of games like that that's like a specific genre of game that I'm into just sheer nothingness that you can't stop playing like, like Animal Crossing that's Fortnite. That's, that's exactly the kind of thing I like. Yeah, I mean, Fortnite. I, I, I boot it up and I, I, I tend to my crops and then I run around and hit stuff with a hammer and then I come back and I sleep and I play for like 30 minutes at a time and I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> it's making me want to buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just nothing. I love that, that description of, of sheer nothingness. <laughs> like, I, I do that almost, well, I try to do it occasionally in my yard. doesn't happen nearly as often as it should, but, you know, go it's just the weeds. Just, and... It's just the absolute zoning out, just not liking something, not hating something, just completely zoning out of the game at hand. And uh, yeah, just just clock, just mentally being able to clock out with a game. That's that's exactly what I like. Well, nothing, nothing. They get the blood pressure going. Just you definitely mentally check out with this one. There's nothing going on upstairs during this game. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit you up for an Amazon link to it after this. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> um, as for watching, I I started getting back into like Korean dramas, so I've been watching a few of them this past week um, along with some good anime that's really about it it's always good anime with you always good and what about you Jason um I took advantage of the whole uh the PlayStation Now deal over the 4th of July sale uh so I've just been playing whatever like I've just been starting random games that I wouldn't normally uh play or buy and uh usually not liking them i played a bunch of like uh simulator games that are available on oh. ps now uh which apparently there's like farming simulator and then there's like a company that also makes simulators with the same font but they're much much worse so yeah it's a whole thing uh that was a lot of fun trying <laughs> trying to figure out which was which. It's um, a big hole diving into that kind of thing. I remember playing a lot of Euro Truck Simulator and going on a big voyage like from France to somewhere else, and three hours later, just emerging from my room, just yeah. like, "What have I done here?" Yeah, I played as a firefighter for like two or three hours and just like was disgusted with myself afterwards. <laughs> like, why did you? You could have played any game, almost on the planet, and you played firefighter simulator on ps now for three hours um but i was a good firefighter this this what you're playing is literally just us talking about how we've punished ourselves (laughs) it's it's something psychologically here (laughs) um other than that i've been reviewing uh red packs and gorilla which has been kind of slow going 
because it that game's like kind of on the line between like old game design and new game design so there's like mm -hmm. still a lot of frustrating like third person uh crappy camera crappy shooting stuff to it but then there's like some really innovative stuff like the uh building destruction and oh, yeah. uh you, you know it's kind of open world so it's like i hate it and like <laughs> at the same time like there was one mission uh where you have to knock down these towers you just drive a truck into like 12 towers but it uses like um like the whole passion like everything infinite spawns all the time thing so it's just like you end up probably 30 you know enemy enemy trucks just slamming into you every time you stop and it was it was possibly one of the most frustrating missions i've ever played in a game it's weird uh, how they chose to remaster that i didn't know it was that popular and like now of it's a good while ago that that came out and yeah. i remember people just not really giving that much of a shit about it when it came out so i should have remastered red faction too that was good that was much better yeah i really loved one and two where you could just dig holes in the uh in the terrain that was really yeah. neat just keep uh, farming your shotgun on the floor and then yeah. you just end up in the middle of nowhere um i've been watching i tried to watch uh girls in panzer yesterday because i was like that's that's silly high school girls driving tanks that'll be fun but it's not it's the first two episodes are just gut-wrenchingly boring like, it gets better does it get better because yeah. i was like in the mood for silly anime and uh didn't deliver in the first two episodes um is that where the girls turn into tanks or where they just drive tanks? no they just they drive, drive tanks right where's the one with the turn into vehicles that one anime i can't remember the name no, i'm not sure transformers no. <laughs> that's, that i've been sounds... watching transformers all wrong that sounds like a super fetishy anime. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I look. I'm not really like. I'm not really well versed with anime. Uh, I've got a friend who really, really is, and so I asked him. Uh, we got like a, a like. I was just browsing on Crunchyroll after I ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix. I was just like, "Oh, recommend me an anime." And then there was just he was just recommended me one, and I just started watching it. And it's just about these women who are also monsters who just keep trying to like molest this man for like. And every single episode, it's a different monster trying to molest this one man. And I ju this ju it just feels like that's overstepping a boundary in our friendship. <laughs> with the I just wanted an, an I don't understand why, why he thought. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good first recommendation here from this person who doesn't uh, who doesn't watch a lot of anime. So suffice to say, I didn't go on Crunchyroll again for another couple of months. Be best anime is uh, Seinfeld. We all know that. <laughs> um but yeah other than that i uh i watched the academy award-winning um shape of water that was the my my big movie over the last week how is that i uh, didn't didn't really see it the best picture there it was good it was interesting but it was like I don't. It just didn't make a ton of sense to me. I know it's not supposed to because it's a it's a it's a water guy, not they're you know that's not real. That shouldn't make is that, sense. Is that the but, official term for that one? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a, wa a water, he's a water guy. But <laughs> yeah, Stephen like, Waterman. 
this 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 nice mute lady uh like falls in love with the creature you know spoiler alert for shape of water um but it doesn't really make sense as to why like he's he can understand people or whatever but it's like he doesn't have a personality you know she didn't like you know engage with him like oh we have the same hobbies and you're, you're nice you're a great guy it's like you met him in a tank and you gave him an egg uh, a hard-boiled egg and then you were just like i'm i'm gonna i'm this is my dude right here He's, he loves these eggs we both like hard-boiled eggs yeah. well I, I think it was a, a, a situation thing like like they she she fell in love with his situation because he was different and you know it was that the themes of the movie like yeah once you start picking into it it's a little absurd and not going to make sense but there are humans who are different though you don't need to start <laughs> fucking a fish yeah. also <laughs> kind of an unhealthy relationship because I mean she's projecting her you know affliction you know being being mute not being able to kind of uh, communicate her displeasure uh, to to you know normal people uh, not normal people but humanity at large uh, but she's like projecting that on him and that's kind of what I got out of it it's like she's relating to him but really it's like they're, they're really too perfectly very, fine yeah I mean he was obviously in a bad situation but it's <laughs> like because he's chained in like a, a government lab and all that but I don't know it just I don't I don't understand I'm, maybe I'm I, I'm I keep it a little bit too real maybe that's <laughs> yeah. my problem it sounds but, like you feel like you want to go and rescue this fish man from his hostile relationship yeah it's, it's just from one bad bad place to another the shape of water too is uh is jason going <laughs> yeah. and rescuing the fish man from his awkward yeah. relationship <laughs> <laughs> Jason walking and looking the fish dead in his fish eyes and just go, man, you could do better. Do you need help? Do you do you need someone to help you, fish man? Just get him fish <laughs> tinder or something. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, like let, let scrolling him, through scrolling through like cod and call your carp. <laughs> let the fish man talk. Or do you need help? <laughs> you can. It, you're safe here. Uh. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Go there, well, Chandler. What you playing? Watching? This, uh, I mean, this last week I uh, I played a lot of Destiny Two. Surprise! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, because every time I was thinking about like, oh, I should pull up this game. I could finish this. I could start this. I could, ooh, three times Valor weekend. Don't mind if I do. I'll just I'll just <laughs> prestige twice in one weekend. No big deal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a whole lot of Destiny 2, and then, uh, let's see, this last week I saw Uncle Drew, and, uh, The First Purge, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, which... Oh, you've seen a, you've seen a lot. Yeah, we have Movie Pass, so we try and uh, go to two or three Ant-Man and the Wasp hasn't come out here yet, which is absolutely ridiculous, because I'm absolutely going to hear spoilers before that eventually does come out it, here. It hasn't come out there yet? Nope, it's like the uh, they've delayed it because of the World Cup. Apparently, that's really dumb. 
it's the only time that it's happened. Like all the other Marvel films come out exactly <laughs> the same time, and I think like Paul Rudd. Uh, lot spoke up about it was just like it's ridiculous people aren't going to go and watch it when it comes out because they're already going to know what's happened um, but to be honest I don't really give that much of a shit about Ant-Man so uh, like I'm not going to go out my way to look for it I do want to see the first Purge always like the Purge films but um, uh, yeah I mean it's yeah. it's a it's a crappy low budget thriller horror type of I've heard mixed things yeah. about it the other the last two the last two weren't like that there was quite uh, I don't want to say clever, but they were like good films. I feel like this um, one. So I haven't, I haven't seen any other Purge movies. I feel like this one really, it it leaves a lot of the themes. Like it introduces a bunch of themes and then just leaves them open and unresolved because I feel like it's themes they've already touched on in the other movies, probably. Yeah, that I think they kind of resolve a lot of them in the uh, in the last one. Which was surprised when they made this one a prequel because they still had like places to go after the last Purge film, and then like, yeah, I'm interested in seeing it. it yeah, but, it's um, got some interesting elements. Uncle Drew is a is a fun movie too. Uh, it's it's pretty hilarious, and like I'm not into sports at all, but as far as you know, like feel good comedy sports movies, it was it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I don't know what Uncle Drew is. You you don't know, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. like uh, I don't either. I haven't Some uh, some movie about like th- these old basketball stars that get back together as a team to go win a street ball tournament, and uh, it's right. just bit, yeah. That probably hasn't come out here <laughs> either. I can't imagine this. There's, there's a lot of scope for uh, basketball dramas in uh, in England. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the previews painted it as a funny movie, and uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's like, it's, it's no Shape of Water, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was, it was a fine movie. Um, yeah, that's really all I've been playing or doing this last week. So, getting right into the news, then. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that happened this last week was that. Uh, ArenaNet, Guild Wars 2 uh, developer, fired two employees seemingly yeah. over a, a Twitter spat um, that mm. happened. Basically what happened was uh, the woman was one of the narrative leads, I think, um, or, or, or yeah. a writer in some, some respect. I think she was the lead writer of Guild yeah. Wars 2. And she was putting out her opinion on twitter about how difficult it is writing a uh, narrative line and narrative structure for um kind of mmo and and open-ended games like this and mm. somebody one of the the players or fans came into her feed and kind of uh, pulled a, a well actually on her um mm. and yeah. in our current environment of of uh <laughs> Uh, the way the gaming industry is, she took that as as hostile and kind of got defensive over it. And yeah, um, I, I don't blame her personally. No, uh, I like I I was swung on this a bit. So at the start, when I hadn't really like looked into it before, um, uh, like when I, I I thought about it and I was. 
I was in two minds about it because obviously, like her reaction, it does come across as like, oh bloody hell, like that that's that's a thing, like you know, uh, she thought this guy kind of came in and they're like, I guess if you're dealing with it, dealing with people coming back at you as much as she must, then um then I guess you've got a much shorter fuse, uh for for dealing with it, but um. Like she came across like quite sharp with him and stuff, but then to get fired over it, <laughs> it's I don't know. The one thing that stood out to me, um, she basically said something. Uh, I'm looking at this now. It was just she said something along the lines of, um, she uh doesn't need to pretend to like you on Twitter, um, if she isn't on the clock, which I can imagine as an employer you'd be like, oh, you know, don't go, um, you know, biting the buying the players and stuff but um the the whole twitter thread got shared on like the guild wars <clears> 2 reddit and then all these redditors just like started coming for her and stuff and the, um, the thread to so, where they they said something to the effect of like we control all the employees of arena net now we can get anybody fired that we want to that yeah there was that but the thing is though that was like a heavily downvoted comment that was kind of linked so obviously you're always going to get comments like those popping up um i don't know i think that's like but the thing is that sentiment regardless of it being downvoted that's going to be shared by a hell of a lot of people now i mean they've effectively like got her out by committee haven't they there's a case of obviously the customers all right always right and whatever and obviously she was quite curt and um sharp and it didn't seem like the guy was respectfully disagreeing but as she said you know she wasn't looking for somebody to disagree with her but then again it's a public platform um but definitely not fired over those comments for rudeness um and the thing is then obviously if you're working in uh arena net um you kind of sit there and think well you know because apparently this jessica price has been working with arena net for years i don't really know a lot about the development of guild wars 2 but she's apparently been with the company for years and years and that peter fries who was the other was he got fired for basically defending her um he said even less and he just got fired as well which to me feels like a plan arena net to be like right we're not singling out this woman for the uh for the way of why that she's dealing with it so we're also going to follow this guy too. sacrificial offering and the whole thing <laughs> yeah exactly because i mean weird. his was it his was even less it was I weird mean, to see them getting fired though at the same time you know anytime you put anything out there you have to be kind of cautious about how it could come back on oh, yeah. your employers so i don't blame them for taking issue with it it just seemed kind of extreme to fire over it it's like it's an it's an internal conversation at most, isn't it? I feel like I was just trying to think. You put yourself in their position, and like you don't appease that crowd of people who rightly are never going to be happy with. It with empowers. You. That's what toxic it feels like. It, it does, and but, you know, you know, it could it. also be, and, and I haven't read a whole lot into it. But what if they did bring her in? behind the scenes before this and maybe they they didn't but what if they did and she basically told them f you you know yeah. i'm not going to change who i am on social media and you know 
Well, that's maybe that led to it. Yeah, it could have done, but are you like you, you don't know the ins and outs of how that no, was handled. Obviously, to just to just the generally looking at it, it's just a case of Reddit saying fire this woman, and then <laughs> Arena Net going all right then. But you are you are like there is ways that you know you're expected to handle yourself on social media even though it's technically like your personal space it never really is like you know everybody's always one tweet away from losing their job <laughs> that's just the way that the whole thing well, works you represent um, your company too i mean you you in in large ways and the higher you get up within a company the more you represent said company so the things that you say then get linked directly to them you know like things that ted price is saying for example are going to get linked to insomniac in some way or another yeah hence why i don't get super political or anything on twitter anymore yeah it's um i think with uh, the the way that i would take it is that you know it's just a good idea to not view twitter or maybe facebook in some respects because that's private but to you know, you're essentially a persona, aren't you? You're not you're not sharing your actual like proper thoughts. It's not like an anonymous blog. Like wh- whatever you tweet does reflect on whoever is employing you at that time. But um, it's just a case of I, I, I don't really understand how somebody can spend so many years in a company and get fired for rudeness. Um, Especially rudeness. I mean, the way she dealt with that guy was was rude. That like that's the most you can say about it. It was a rude thing to do. But then the next things that she was commenting was was her basically going off at people on Reddit who would just came for her. Which surely that's well within her right to to do so. To turn around and say, "Hey, assholes, like stop messaging me." <laughs> Like, you know, but well, obviously Arena Net took it as well. That's her slandering our fans. So we're going to cater to this subreddit. Well, you also, like you said earlier, and like I said, you don't know all that went behind the scenes. Maybe they've been wanting to get rid of her for years. Maybe, maybe there was friction already and they were looking for a reason to get rid of her and this just gave them that reason. Yeah, it's just the, the optics are bad, though when when it comes down to yeah. it like yeah sure there there may have been perfect reason for her firing and i'm not saying that they shouldn't have gotten rid of her if there's something within the company where they needed to but when it comes to the optics of it like looking like it's this situation empowering those toxic gamers yeah. uh jason you sounded like you had something you wanted to say on it yeah i just uh I think they made the right call. I'm going to take the opposite stance because uh, the argument was literally about something she said about the game. So mm-hmm. she's, she's representing the company and then she's saying things about the game representing the company and then someone respectfully, which I saw the dude's tweet, he respectfully said, here's the counterpoint. You know, she's yeah. she's a, she's a narrative lead. She's uh, obviously been active in the community. Uh you know, interacting with fans. So to say then my Twitter isn't me representing the company, even though I'm literally talking about the game on my Twitter. Uh, it's just, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't, when you're on Twitter and you have a public Twitter, 
you can't say something and then be like, you guys can't comment on it. That's why Twitter has the option to, to make your, your, your Twitter private or, you know, there's, there's blocking, there's muting. It's like, you can't put these ideas out there and then decide that you don't want to hear feedback because that's literally what Twitter is based on. It's not like a private bulletin yeah. board where you just throw your thoughts at the wall and then the world has to deal with it. It's like, no, you, you, you tweet because you want feedback on the things you're tweeting so about. Or you the, make the, your- the escalation of it, though, the way that it happened, like, yes, he did come at her respectfully. And then what she did is she quote tweeted that and said, uh, wow, somebody not in my profession telling somebody in my profession how to do my job. So even her reply to oh. it wasn't initially wasn't like super rude i mean that's antagonistic especially because she uh quote tweeted today and being a female game dev which i i i'm totally 100 percent in agreement that women in the gaming industry typically face more harassment than than men in the industry I, i've been a personal witness to this but the fact of the matter is that situation had nothing to do with her gender I, i've seen male game devs get the same kind of treatment from fans worse because they generally aren't as respectful as this dude was to her like she wanted to make this into a big deal and that's the kind of thing you have to think on twitter like uh cam said i don't politicize myself on twitter i don't put controversial opinions out on twitter because twitter is made for people to respond to you. If I don't want to put myself in a position where uh, I may be on the targeted end of harassment for saying something unpopular, you know, I, I don't put it on there. That's the thing. Yeah, it, you you can't. You have to take a certain amount of responsibility when you're posting on social media. And I mean, that's that's kind of a thing we've seen over and over again throughout the last few years. Is people will say something that in person might just seem like, Oh, that's an off the cuff statement, whatever. But it it has repercussions because it's magnified because of how many people can see, you know, social media. Like this might be a comment she might've made to a coworker like, Oh, look at this person, uh, giving me guff cause I'm a, I'm a female, you know, that's not a big deal, but people have got to realize that when you put yourself out there like that, you're magnifying these little comments, you know, by magnitudes with each person who sees it and shares it. It's like, I mean, I was thinking about it and I, I just almost don't even think that people are geared to realize the consequences and like process, uh, the amount of people that are even seeing, uh, what they're putting on social media. I mean, think about before social media, how many people, how many people did you really know, you yeah. know, throughout your life? Like, really know, like, you know, their hobbies, you know, their name, you know, their birthday. Like, hundreds, maybe? But now yeah. we're, we're putting ourselves out there to thousands and tens of thousands of people. And I think it's having a, a big effect on people's psyches. And I think this is an example of that. Like, something she said, uh, she probably even didn't even think about it that much when she said it, uh, yeah. you know, got magnified to the point where, you know, the Reddit hordes have decided to mobilize and 
uh, slide up in her DMs and harass her. You know, she gets fired from her job. But, I mean, it's just another example of, like, how society is changing. Like, you have to take into account more and more the fact that your just casual statements can be magnified to these crazy levels and, you know, get you fired, get you get death threats, get you harassed, you know. I'm sure all of us here have faced uh, some sort of harassment oh, yeah. over the years. <laughs> from. So I think that's just it. I think maybe she didn't mean for it to balloon like this, but there's also, like, when you make little statements like that on social media, you've got to keep in mind, like, how... How is everyone going to take this? How are the you know the tens of thousands of people who may see this going to take this? Twitter's so. like a platform where it seems like it sh- it's like a, like you know quick tweets where it should be like more firing from the hip, but you can't actually fire from the hip on Twitter because no. you know <laughs> it can lead to disastrous uh, ramifications. But the thing the thing that I just think is like I, I understand the whole you know. Um, they'd seem like an overreaction. What she tweet, what she tweeted, um, it seemed like something that could have potentially been bypassed. Um, but I mean, it's just to me, it just doesn't it didn't seem like a horrible offence. Um, you know, the things that she tweeted um, a- a- after were not really related to that guy that she you know uh, yeah. put up there at the start. Um, and was just more a case of her uh, responding to all these people on Reddit coming at her. And I think, at, at the very least, like maybe Cameron's right, maybe more happened behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, it's it's just a case of now a lot of people, I guess, in arena net are just like, what, you know, if, if, you, if you tweet, like, right... A, a tweet out of anger or anything like that then a 10 15 year career is just up in smoke um and i think if nothing else it's gonna mobilize a toxic community um give them more firepower for being yeah. toxic because that's essentially what happened if 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 it was just that tweet if reddit didn't get involved if the Guild Wars 2 subreddit would have been, didn't get involved and didn't specifically... Because it came about in a forum discussing her actions, her tweets. If that didn't happen, she would still have almost, a job. Almost guaranteed, and, yeah. Yeah, and the people who did it were toxic. So they're going to sit there and feel rewarded for their toxic behaviour. Um and I just think that if you've got an employee who's worked with you for 10, 15 years, which is how long I heard that she worked with, with, with them or something along those lines, or how long she'd been in the industry for or something, um, then you'd be more inclined to take their side than a quite obviously toxic sect of the gaming community who are hitting her up in a direct messages to hassle her. And I just think approaching it differently, um, regardless of how rude she was or whatever, just sends out a bad message to that community in particular. And as somebody um, tweeted, I mean, I don't, I, you know, can't 
qualify this whatsoever because but it was somebody a developer had tweeted in the area apparently Seattle uh, Arena Net Arena Net is a Seattle based developer um, apparently they pay really low compared to other places in the in the region um, so as they were saying you know you've Arena Net has mobilised this toxic community now but then what's going to happen when people start um, applying for jobs for them again like you know they're just what what are the workers going to think because no matter how big no matter how many fans or followers this game has and if it you know appeases them with these kind of decisions they still need good people to work on the games (laughs) and if a you're not paying well and then b you're also seen to be throwing your workers under the bus then you're not gonna get the staff surely (laughs) people are gonna be like well the president has you know really like pulled a number on peter but two employees long-term employees and now this has happened one story i know that we uh are not gonna be divided on (laughs) is uh Roblox, oh, Jesus. man, this one's hard to even talk about. Uh, Roblox, which is a popular, I really don't envy you for having to actually talk <laughs> it's about it. It's a popular children's children's game, I guess, children's app, uh, something like that. Uh, but it had to ban a few players who, quite literally, in the game. Uh, gang raped a seven-year-old's avatar uh, and the seven-year-old girl's mom happened to be watching at the time when it was happening and the girl said oh what's what's happening mom and i i've seen the screenshots from this this story and it is it's it's not uh it, it's not just like teabagging or using in-game tools to mimic uh, that I, I mean, no, it's a it's a it's a penis. It's it a penis. is so blatantly crude it's, it's and rough. explicit <laughs> and just just awful. It's not like somebody in the multiplayer game was running back and forth into her and going, "Ha ha, I'm 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 getting you." Like, and and even something like that would be, you know, kind of unacceptable for something that's that's supposed to be primarily for kids. But this was explicit and, you know, made me blush a little bit seeing it. And I'm, you know, I'm a, a hard person to offend. How, do, how, do, so Roblox, is it like player created? I've never really looked that much into it. Is it player created? Stuff? I think is so. How they yeah, did it? it's, it's like uh, player created. It's kind of Minecraft meets Legos. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in between, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh Christ! Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the photos now in this in this little Facebook thread. That this this is a whole thing. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like. So so on on the the point of um, enabling and mobilizing toxic communities and stuff like that. I want to know who the hell is wasting their time going in to create an account and to learn and to play Roblox with these kids only to do stuff like that. I think this is 
like this is why parents I don't think should get their kids gaming PCs. Well, this was like, on a uh, this was on a, a uh, like iPad or something. Tablet, yeah, I think. it was it was a tablet. It was an app. Was it? Yeah. Oh, Christ. I think it's one it's one of those cross play games where you can play on PC or right. Okay. It just iPad. seems like well, yeah. I guess if it's cross play with PC, just you hear things like this all the time, and not not to this extent, obviously. But like obviously with like PS4 and stuff and Xbox and Switch, it's a lot more controlled, and uh, just seems like with other other uh, hardware, you tend to get issues like this a lot. But I, I can't get myself into the mindset of somebody who would who would do this. It's just um. I think there's just a bunch of fucking losers. Yeah, there's mm. just a record amount of, of losers, it seems like, uh, in the world right now. Mm. That uh, That's just... It's just people who don't have jobs or, you know, any aspiration to be better in life. I think there's just a, a, a large segment, unfortunately, of, of especially people in our age range mm. that... Uh, have just kind of leached on to their mom and dad and uh, are enabled to, I don't know, I guess live the troll lifestyle. Um, And that's all they want to do. There's, there's, there's nothing uh, they want to get on 4chan and uh, you know, they want to start these uh, whatever fake news campaigns to to trick people, you know, and they want to, get on Roblox and uh, rape kids, you know, virtually rape kids because uh, for the lulls or whatever. Mm. And I think there's just, you know, this this, this segment of just lost people that, uh, I don't know, they, they just have a, a mentality that I don't think it's easy for the normal everyday working yeah. class person to understand. It's like um, people who are just like, like you said, they don't have any aspirations. They're kind of just like, they can't have any kind of impact on the world. So they just choose to have a negative yeah. one. And what it always comes down to is power. Like these people yeah. are doing this. Like it's for, you know, it's haha, it's for the laws. But no, what it is, it's it's about having power to force <laughs> and manipulate people. Because they don't have it anywhere else in like, their lives. Which yeah. makes it sadder than a regular joke because that's super close to, you know, the dynamics of actual real life rape, yeah. like the power dynamics. So that's really, that's the mindset these people have is pretty close to the real thing, which is really scary when you think about it, that there's a large segment of these people out there in games on the internet doing this kind of thing. It's scary that these people exist outside of the internet. That you you never you might never you might never know that you're gonna come up come up with somebody like this. You might just bump into them in dad's life. Probably you know, know by the smell. <laughs> uh, well, we've got we've got one more here that's about more industry stuff, and then we can move into actual like news about the games. Um, oh God, it's like three yeah, controversies no in a row. So we'll just move through this one. Uh, quickly oh too but the uh the hero siege developer says that uh women quote don't have the capability unquote to be ceos what yeah <laughs> i'm just yeah what? this guy's just a d-bag 
Yeah, he's a big dickhead. This guy is. Yeah. Um, he just it was it, like this is so I really hate like the apology culture of social media. I really hate the fact where somebody clearly does think that, but then they'll apologise immediately <coughs> after, and then suddenly they'll be like, "Well, I've apologised for it. What more do you want me to do?" It's like we know that this is what you believe. <laughs> Five minutes later, just because you've been called out on it by somebody else on Twitter doesn't mean that you've had time to think like getting out of basically he'd said that uh this is what he had wrote uh uh jennifer shell who's like a indie developer a game design lead um for a vr company basically tweeted about um there not being a single female ceo within the 50 largest game studios in germany so this guy who is the panic art studios um uh founder he uh, worked on Hero Siege. He's currently working on a game called Eastfound. He tweeted out saying, um, I think most women just say they don't have the interest or the capability. There are some, but those are rare cases, but definitely not because of the patriarchy. So she just replied, because it's her Twitter thread, she wrote, get out. And then uh, he just wrote, I mean, get real. Video games is a male-dominant industry. Geek girls are a really new thing, and most of these companies were formed back in the day. I love the fact that he thinks like, geek girls are formed in a fact <laughs> that they've just like appeared like like aliens have burst out of eggs and then suddenly they're coming out and like playing playstation he doesn't know what to do about it he goes how about you show the way and get into ceo position which what an arsehole and then so she tweeted that she was going to block him and he just put this just proves women don't have the nerves to be a ceo just don't tweet <laughs> it's yeah. if like you must, he said that English isn't his first language, which apparently just means that that's just a catch-all phrase for, I'm a bigot, so it's fine, or I'm Finnish, so, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm accidentally typing these things that I don't mean, whatever. Um, if you're sitting there thinking, God, you know, this, you, you must, even if you are an asshole, you must have a concept that other people are going to be annoyed at, at this kind of talk. So just leave it and iron it out in your own head afterwards, just maybe write it down in a diary. <laughs> Not just write, write it down in a diary, come back to it. Just leave it off the internet. What is wrong with people? Like, there's one thing being a knobhead. There's another thing deciding to be a knobhead on Twitter. And people just feel really empowered to just go and do it. And it's just such a waste of time. So now this guy now, you know, uh, another developer called Fail, uh, not sure his real name, but it goes by Falnor on Twitter. He tweeted the screenshots that went viral, and then like you know, five hours later, this guy, the guy's name is Elias Viglione. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he comes back on five hours later, does a quick apology, starts saying about you know how he's learned about how what he said was wrong and stuff like this. This shit doesn't happen in five hours, mate. Like we all know. We all know that you still think this. You just really got frightened because it's obviously going to ruin your game. And you've got, like, a, t a team of people who work for you who, like, they all tweeted saying that they didn't agree with, with his stance on stuff. So, obviously, that's difficult for them in its own way. Um, but now, obviously, he's put all them at risk. And I just... Just shut up. If you've got shit opinions, just go off the internet... Just, Say them to a family member or something. I don't Some know. things are better left unsaid. Oh, do you see uh, the uh, I was drunk oh, yeah, thing too? Yeah, he did I use saw. that. Like the, the old, like, sorry I sent you a, a dick pic. I was drunk. And then, and then people yeah. were pointing out. <laughs> yeah, things, like, things, you, things you say when you're drunk are usually things you want to say, but you'd never say if you're true. sober. 
yeah. I don't just. I also don't understand the mentality of people who get drunk and then get the phone out and start tweeting. Talk to the person next to you. Look, just let's get get. Just that's the thing. Twitter. People, people just don't talk to the people it, next to them it. when they're not drunk either. So it's just like this habitual reaction. It's it's the the modern society, the modern social society, which has so many good things and good implications about it, but so many negative implications too. Yeah. I'm just I'm stuff like this just makes me really, really glad that I'm not as hooked on Twitter as um as these people. I understand about how to elevate for your personal brand and whatever. But when you see people like this it just feels like you're looking at breakdown after breakdown after breakdown on Twitter and then like people waiting for breakdowns, people responding to breakdowns. It's just a lot of things like the way that I use Twitter, I like it. Like you know, I look at it every now and again, see some funny jokes. <laughs> but a lot of people just seem to absolutely like just lose it just on the basis of Twitter. Um, and you know, historians just will just look back at down. the fall of modern society as uh, being on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be a link specifically to Twitter. It's a. Uh, it's a, it's a garbage website for garbage people. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they should have with the tagline on Twitter. All right, let's, let's move into some actual gaming news here. Yeah. Ooh, uh. Oh, thank God. God. It's warm enough in England and just getting through three controversies at once. Just, I've just, just got, got a huge sweat on here now. So we'll just let everybody know. Like, Go to this timestamp if you want the actual gaming news. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> all right, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Insomniac's Marvel's spider-man ps4 technically it's marvel spider-man i don't know anyway the title's complicated spider-man on ps4 will not feature the avengers which Mm. is anybody surprised i really didn't think no no i figured it wouldn't and it's not just the avengers it's any other superheroes yeah but what other superheroes would there be aside from the avengers isn't everybody an avenger at this point I don't really know many Marvel heroes outside of the Avengers, to be honest. Well, I guess X Men. Even the X Men are in the Avengers. You know, X Men, Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Fantastic Four are there. I don't know, they're already making an Avengers game, so like, maybe it's going to be like an end credit scene where you're going to actually finally find out what's going on with the Avengers game. <laughs> Somehow, Insomniac and Square Enix got together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know who was actually sitting there thinking, yeah, this Spider Man game is going to have Avengers and maybe they'll be playable. It makes no sense. Of course, it's just Spider Man. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't really like think about the um, logistics of that. Because like, with the Batman Arkham games, there was different like playable characters, but they're all within the same realm of control. Like, you've got Nightwing and Robin and whatever, and they just have different abilities compared to Batman. You introduce, like, Iron Man or Thor into it, and that's an entirely different way of playing the game. And if you just, like, have Iron Man rocketing around New York, that's, like, <laughs> that's that's a whole other batch of development. That game would never come out if you, if you had playable Avengers in it. Yeah, that's just a... It seems like an obvious thing, but hey, the information's out there now, so everybody knows. Um, one thing not so obvious mm-hmm. was uh, we recently learned about an Uncharted health system trick where apparently 
Uh, mm-hmm. Nathan Drake is not actually taking damage or getting hit by bullets. The the red indicators on the screen are are his luck running out is what that is. So this is cool. So does he ever get hit? This is what oh, I can't make out. So so that are they saying that like you physically can see that he's never well, that's hit what by i got from it because the there was there was that that tweet and then uh i think amy hennig actually responded to it as well uh with uh, saying something about it and the the implication i got from it was that nathan drake never gets hit it's only the killing shot that ultimately hits him and and kills him and the the darkening and and red edges of the screen and everything are just his luck running out until he gets hit with a killing shot i mean that like you know i I would never have known that had they not said so clearly it didn't like stand out that much i would never have known that that was what was going on i feel like i need to replay uncharted just to see uh that happening now to be honest god that means then that every villain in the uncharted world is like Stormtrooper levels of bad shooting. This is, I, I don't really, I guess, get why this needed explanation <laughs> because it's like all games are kind of like that. Like Resident Evil, uh, you know, you get bit by a zombie. Canonically, no Resident Evil character has been bitten by a zombie because you get you get the T virus. You know, you turn to a zombie if you get bitten. So. Uh, this was more brought out some new guy joined the team and I think he was just putting out something interesting mm. that he learned upon joining the team. It's, it's just weird. I, I wouldn't think they would have had an official like explanation behind the damage. I think it's more, more an internal That's, development thing. Yeah. It's just their way of thinking of it for internal development so that there's not inconsistencies with like uh, him having to heal himself and basically how his health quote-unquote goes back up after being in a huge firefight it's because canonically or whatever he's never actually been shot it's just his luck going back up and and i can see from a from a development standpoint it makes it a lot easier to develop uh a sense of of with a sense of realism by saying okay he's never actually been shot because if you're if you're sitting here making this game where you're going this guy's getting shot over and over and over again and somehow he's still able to trek through the jungles and and do all this stuff uh and never actually heal himself but he's got 20 bullet wounds it's i like it more of a case of um it it reminds me of that do you remember that thread on twitter again (laughs) about the uh like the secrets of game design where game developers like shared little bits of info that you probably wouldn't notice, but like were little things to make yeah, like, the game that. feel better. So like they had like Assassin's Creed and Doom, um, the little last bit of health um, have more hit points than the rest of your health bar, so that you feel like you've just survived um, an encounter, like every every battle and stuff, like little things like that that. Um, I don't know. I like it. It's um, it's a not, it's a nice little, nice little bit of info, I guess. But um, but yeah, it's just uh, just interesting. Even if I would have absolutely never noticed it myself. Um, so the Darksiders three release date was uh, Cameron. You just wrote revealed. 
Oh, yeah, it's okay. actually so been revealed now. <laughs> during the recording, <laughs> during podcast it was leaked recorded. by, by <laughs> the Microsoft Store to be uh, November 27th, 2018. Uh, is that the actual release date now? So, yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's so just been confirmed. There you go. Darksiders now. 3 is releasing November 27th, 2018. Really surprising, actually, because I don't feel like we've seen a lot on that game. It had no presence at E3 whatsoever. Like... It, it seems no. like it's suddenly up and coming out of nowhere, which don't get me wrong. I, I'm very excited. I love the Darksiders games, but they're a bit like like Legend of Zelda in a way. Um, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like them a lot. It's just interesting that, that uh, this hasn't come up before now, and Suddenly, it's like, oh yeah, end of this year, Darksiders Three is coming out. Oh yeah, that game's in development. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a nice stealth release. Nice, nice something to round. And, out and the, late uh, November actually Gosh. doesn't I, have a lot of games. A lot of studios moved their stuff up to. Oh no, because everybody should technically still be well, playing yeah. everything. That's <laughs> they moved everything October. up to October, Bloody and then hell. they pushed everything out to February. I don't know. November still got some some big releases. It'll oh yeah, yeah. before be the year's more. out, that it'll be stacked for sure. Um, it, and it might be stacked with another release oh, of Skyrim. God. Who knows? Because Bethesda says, or uh, specifically, uh, well, wasn't it Todd Howard, or or was it Pete Hines? I'm not sure who said mm-hmm. this, but it was Howard. Okay, so was, so Howard. Todd Howard, Howard from Bethesda said. Uh, we're going to keep porting Skyrim until you stop buying Skyrim because people buy every version of Skyrim that comes out, which who, who can blame them? The, you know, the company for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the smartest business move ever. It's like, hey, it, it's the Square Enix route. Hey, we're going to see how many times we can put out Final Fantasy VII and get people to buy it or Final Fantasy X. We just want to yeah. see how many times people will buy it. You know, that's a, that's a game I'm surprised isn't on the Switch yet. It's FF7? Skyrim is on the Switch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super surprised Square Enix hasn't ported that to the Switch. Uh, Eventually. It's coming. Sure. I feel it. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It, you know, they obviously are going to keep porting Skyrim because, you know, everybody still gets excited for it. It's a meme. But people are still excited for the thing every time it comes out, and some think no. I don't think I've actually completed it ever, which is weird because I've had about <laughs> thirty opportunities to do so now. So I'm looking forward to eventually, like in the year 2030, I, uh, completing I it on a calculator. I know that intro mission, you know, getting tied up, going in, getting all the way to white. Yeah, run, I and then, eh. Oh god! And the thing, what in hindsight, if they would have known how many times they were going to re-release that. Surely they would have changed that intro mission. It is the worst. It's the absolute starting up a new game of Skyrim and having to sit through all that is terrible. It's so dull. Such a bad intro mission that you're just having to repeat it over and over again. They should have like a option like I've like played a quick this start a option. Now. Like Let just me start me in White Run. You're good. I'll just go from there. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what's happening. Just let me let me make, let me, let me make my Catman and leave. <laughs> um, so the Resident Evil Two dev 
is pushing back on the term remake. They don't want us to call it Resident Evil 2 Remake uh, because they feel so they just want, they to just want us Evil to call 2. it Resident Evil 2. Yeah. They say it's a new game built on top Which, of the foundation. Isn't that the idea of remaking yeah, a game? <laughs> yeah, I, well. it's, it's a weird semantic thing, but... I kind of get what they're saying. Like, don't play it expecting it to be just Resident Evil 2 with HD graphics. To me, that's a remaster. But then, I don't know, it's a remake. Yeah, a remaster would be new graphics. A remake is a new game. I I don't know. It it Uh, makes really no sense. I think it's a marketing thing. Especially makes no sense because obviously the media isn't going to stop calling it Resident Evil 2 Remake because that SEO. Well, and so it's just it's, confusing. It's like if, if I go, yeah, I wow, Resident Evil 2 is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then people are like, Resident Evil 2 is going to be, wait, Resident Evil 2 came out 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. People know the difference between like the like remake and remaster. What other remake has there been in this whole batch of remaster remakes? What other ground up remakes have been? They actually VII. call that Final Fantasy yeah, well, VII remake. It is a remake. Yeah, and they call it Final Fantasy VII yeah. remake because right. it is a remake. Evan. Yeah, they did yeah, that. With the yeah, original Resident Evil Two. They remade that for GameCube, and then just called well, it. Well, and then they Evil. remade it. So. Was Resident Evil 2 remade? Resident Evil 2 wasn't remade for GameCube, no, was the it? No, fir- the first one. The first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, God, and that they, first didn't they call it, like, the fans well. started yeah, calling it RE make? Remake? Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, the fan Oh, uh, is that what they call it? What was Resident Evil Zero? Was that a completely new game? That was a new one. For was that on a train? Uh, it was started train on a train. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the one where there's no magic boxes. You just, like, throw your items on the ground when you're done with them. Right, okay. I feel like I need to um, get my GameCube out and start playing uh, the old games. Again. If you if you stay tuned to the uh, Game Revolution Twitch channel, uh, That's we'll, true. we'll be getting around to Resident Evil Zero at some point in the next couple of weeks. Jason's been doing like uh, been doing like a marathon, and like the the GR staff are like fully behind him now. Every time he starts streaming. There's like, we should really populate the stream with the comments that we make in the chat. We're like, oh, we've got to this bit again. <laughs> all having a good conversation about it. Yeah, just stream. switch all your it's, Slack it's, stuff it's over to, uh, to Twitch by that by that point for that hour <laughs> or two Twitch. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was just watching you. You was taking on, because I'm like shit with horror games, even though obviously it's quite outdated. I was watching Jason like take on some giant, uh, like, octopus monster that looked incredibly tense and just the nerves of steel from this man dealing with it oh just just he didn't even break a sweat he was just like right then so i guess i've got to go over here oh no he's killed me it's fine yeah you just gotta be ready to die and resident evil oh man too tense i used to get real tense because it's on stream and i was like what if they think i suck but then I was like, if I just keep it calm and make it seem like it's okay, yeah, then it should be okay. Yeah. So, and that's kind of my approach to life in general. So it was a good, <laughs> if, good transition. If I look okay, if I look okay, <laughs> if I look like I'm not melting down inside, then, <laughs> then I won't melt down inside. Because <laughs> there, there were several times 
in Resident Evil 3 especially where I was just like I'm gonna I don't know if I can do it <laughs> this might be the end of this <laughs> this stream he just, show, like, he just like, the webcam goes dark and he just there like screaming and hardware being thrown around that was my plan was just to shut it all down and not say anything and never come back so we've uh, we've got to get this piece of news in before September because it will undoubtedly change by then but uh for right now uh the ratchet and clank mm. remake uh movie tie-in game uh is insomniac's best best game ever best performing game i think they said best performing were the exact words they is used it? best selling God, bloody hell God, that's it that's uh, uh surprising i, yeah, I think that that? it's it huh? shows a demand for the the buddy platformer again, like the era of of Jack and yeah. Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Sly Cooper, that that kind of stuff. The the buddy platformers, people loved those games, and you know, I think platformers in general are having a bit of a renaissance. Where you got Crash and then Spyro. Maybe we'll actually so, get a new platformer so that off, isn't Mario. Off, uh, that would be nice. Slightly on a tangent here about. Uh, crash with the crash new level that came out with the the switch release uh that's a wholly original level made by vicarious visions they've they've got to be working on another crash game right yeah you'd hope so yeah. well they did look even though i'm not a huge fan of the of uh the insane trilogy just because i wasn't that much of a big fan of the old crash games like they've i mean it's not a remake but they completely like overhauled the whole control system for it um so you got to think, just put it in a put it in a new world. I've really simplified the whole development process there. Just make a bunch of new levels, and it'll be fine. Just go ahead and do it. No, people are really into it. If they make a new crash, especially in the UK, people lap that shit up over here. It's been, the insane trilogy on Switch has been number one for the past since like, it released basically for two yeah. three weeks now since it's been out. Yeah, man, I, I, people love it over here. I'm not sure how much people log, log Spyro. I'm not sure whether that'll do as well. Um, but uh. Yeah, I just like the idea of these platformers doing so well. I really, really, because it's like my one of my favourite genres. I really wish that they would uh, start um, going back to three D platformers, making original ones. You always get these pixel art, side scrolling platformers that we've seen enough of now. We're good to go back to some old, updated PS two era platformers, um, but no. If I can chime in real fast, I think most of this, though, has to do with the movie itself. I mean, granted, the movie is not very good, um, but it did help in the marketing sense to get it out to more people who then probably turned around and said, oh, crap, there's a game for this, too. You know, my kids yeah. will love that. And it was just an extra marketing push that none my of the other games got. The problem with the game and the movie, yeah. uh, and could... like tie-in and togetherness thing, was they poured the the connection and the friendship and and that side of things between ratchet and clank into the movie and sucked all that out of the game so like that Mm. whole dynamic between ratchet and clank was just gone from the game and it was one of my biggest criticisms when i reviewed it was that it felt they felt supplemental to each other yeah but was it so did they take stuff out of the original game then yes they did i can't remember the original game yeah, there there was some oh, of their cool. their more like heartfelt, you know, relationship 
with with the two of them bonding and becoming friends and uh they they no, basically focused on all of that in the movie and they felt like oh well we focused on it in the movie we don't need to focus on it in the game and yeah yeah you gotta think though that game probably wouldn't it's have true. been made had it not been it's, for the movie yeah. uh very true um and i i say it has to you know that news has to come out now because um spider-man i i think is gonna take that crown here real real quick <laughs> no, Easily. I don't think it even, will. I think even either. without the <laughs> Avengers, <laughs> all right. I'll I'll let you take this one, Paul. Yeah. Tactical soccer RPG. Oh, oh I didn't right, put well, this in there. I'll 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 that in there. Yeah, that was not me. I, I felt <laughs> being being racially profiled. <laughs> Sorry, I mean the game looks like shit, but I just. I wanted to get in there that there was a soccer game, a tactical RPG soccer game coming out, and that's all I really wanted. <laughs> How does that work? It looks, I mean, I'm looking at some of the screenshots, and you know, you're basically doing your t- typical Tip tactical RPG. You're putting on ice boots, it looks like, and toxic boots, and trying to trying to shoot it through defenders by Sounds like poisoning regular enemies. soccer to me. It's kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm a huge soccer fan here, so I'm interested in it. I mean, it looks like crap, but I'll play it. Yeah. Well, as we found out, like you know, what you're playing, we literally will just play anything at this point. I mean, We've got, yeah. We've got access to all these games <laughs> from working in game sites and just choose the shittest ones that we don't like to play on our, in our spare time. It's off on a tangent a little bit, but I can't tell you how many games I've started and played like 30 minutes and then never played again. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, even God of War, I'm seven hours in. I haven't beat it. You know, mm. Yakuza 6, I'm 11 hours in. I haven't beat it. You know, I never it's beat any I'm, games. It's why I'm so all in on multiplayer games. It's just so easier to just pick up and play. Like my lovely little hamster boy Overwatch. on the... Uh, on the on the PTR in Overwatch now, oh, I love that little man. I love him. I love him so much. He he popped up and I was like, I'm gonna have to main this hamster now. And then spent like <laughs> spent like three hours playing him and just Will being like, oh, this, this is the worst character. But <laughs> they've got to everybody wrecking is wrecking ball. Uh, nobody's yeah, called it. I, I forget that his name. He's wrecking ball. It, it's ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Hammond, Hammond is a, a fantastic name for that character. Looking forward to seeing what skins that can come up with, uh, for him. Very, very grim when he dies. It's um, when he dies, his little hamster body gets projected out of his giant metal ball, and it's uh, it's it's very sad. But aside from that, I'm, I'm you know they they had I'm to they had to boy. take a dark dark turn for the future of the series, right? <laughs> um. Yeah, that's true. So you get the uh, the dark sequel, Overwatch Two, <laughs> where it's just all browns and greys. Yeah, it's post apocalyptic. Overwatch the hamster is a so from software's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is going to have a proper tutorial. Surprise! Uh, something from software mm-hmm. games just haven't ever yeah. had before. No. Sir, I'm just not really interested in this game. I don't know why. 
Neither am I. I'm just hoping they make a new armored core eventually. That's um, all I care about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from software oh, games getting a tutorial. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. There we are. That's, that's, the, that's good. the official. I can go on the box. Um, Jason Faulkner, it's good. And then finally, <laughs> uh, well, I didn't mean that. Finally, I guess there was other news this week, but we're ending it here. Uh, Todd Howard says from Bethesda again, he keeps cropping up, expects VR to be popular in its third generation, yeah. which, did, so does he mean like the current generation of VR, Oculus, PSVR, et cetera, is the first generation of VR, and so he expects that in another two iterations of it, it will be good? Or is he counting like the virtual boy? <laughs> but it could be like, what I thought, it could be, I guess... Uh, Google Cardboard and the mobile ones with it. The, the, he wouldn't class those as just first generation, would he? Surely he means the first generation of the Rift as it is now. But then again, isn't would the HTC Vive Pro class as second gen, or is that still first? I gen? think that's one point five gen, probably. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's a lot of years to wait for VR to suddenly. Be, and I mean, who's to say that there's gonna be more? headsets past the second generation well, and, it's not really took off on now. the other side of that so. too like what is his definition of popularity because i know this is something we've talked about on this podcast before is uh you know how successful is vr actually and and again the fact that yeah. there are there are more than two million psvr units and and you know i'm not sure the exact numbers but i know as of a few months ago it was it was over two million uh, out there like that's nothing to scoff at that's that's a for something where you need to have a console first to have another multi hundred dollar accessory yeah. and then the games and everything to go with it two million units is is a pretty good attach rate yeah yeah but it's, I think it's a case of it didn't take off as much as people were expecting I think PSVR is doing surprisingly like well just in terms of hardware sales but like the Vive and the Rift I think they haven't done as well as predicted I think they've dropped off considerably mm, and you ain't really got the software for it yeah um, so I think maybe like you know he had a decent install base but I just can't imagine people being excited for the second generation. I feel like considering, like, to me, VR was really exciting because um, it was new. Uh, and so I got invested in it because it was new and I wanted to see what that was like. Um, I don't know realistically if you haven't been in, interested enough to go and buy a VR headset this time around that the second time of it coming out... Um, the, the second generation will really get you. The thing that I always thought, like, you know, would be the big, like, you know, uh, shifting point for it would be, like, movement in virtual reality, but Vive's already kind of got that. And, and I guess the Rift in some respects, but it's like a whole setup for it. So it's just... Just, just like yeah, I think ease of use and accessibility. You've, you've <laughs> got to make it so that it's it's uh, more of a plug-and-play system. And if you can if you can pitch that to people, that it is something yeah. very easy to plug-and-play, pick-up-and-use, 
quickly uh, without a whole lot of setup or finagling with things, um, then then you can start selling it to more yeah. people. But but who was like put off by that? Um, by it being awkward to set up at the start because I didn't know how awkward it was to set up until I'd actually bought the PSVR and was like bloody hell this is like an afternoon well, written effort <laughs> to get this on my head we, and get this going I don't know whether people were we have to take that. into account Just too that we're, found not, after they bought we're not the general consumer we're not the, the wider masses that they're trying to get these things out to like we are the the first adopters the the you know gaming journalists and the people that are playing these things using these things paying attention to them on top of these things and over time you know it's it's trying to market and get this out to people who may not be that that early adopter yeah the thing that um that i always thought about it was so the way got popular because among other things they'd set up stalls inside, I'm not sure whether it was the same in the US, but it was like this in the UK, they'd set up stalls inside gaming stores, and then people got the chance to play them, and you'd have like whole crowds around people playing the Wii. So I don't understand why that didn't happen as much with virtual reality. Over here, gaming stores were actually charging people to play with like the Rift and the PSVR, like they was charging by the hour. So then obviously nobody paid. It was something like £5 for like a half an hour session. Uh, obviously nobody paid that. They should have just set it up, let people play it for free and stuck like a horror game or something on there. And I, I don't know, I think like that, I don't understand why there, was, there wasn't as, because you're only going to be into VR if you've actually experienced it realistically. Um, once you experience it, you're like, oh, this is like really cool. Um, so I don't know why that wasn't pushed as much. I think like if they're doing it again, then bringing out like an actual like you know, dedicated booths in like malls and stuff. It'd be a they good did. Idea. They did have demo units in the U.S., but I think part of it is like geography. Mm. Like, I think they can only, you know, if you if you send people out, they can only cover well, like and, big and cities. That's that's the problem so, too. Is like you, uh, with with something like VR, you almost have to have somebody manning that station constantly, watching people, helping them put it on, helping them do what they need to do with it. Yeah. You set up a Wii, you have a couple of Wiimotes that's sitting true. in a couple of holsters that are in front of a TV in the middle of a Best Buy, and anybody can wander by and and pick it up and play it. Yeah. 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 That's true. Getting getting like some eight year old to handle like a six hundred dollar headset probably wouldn't be the uh wouldn't be the best route yeah. to go. I know for sure that uh, Capcom sent out like these dedicated trailers for Resident Evil Seven that went to places. Like really? they yeah, I went to one uh that was kinda close to Louisville and uh they had like four booths, I guess, four kind of divided booths. Uh, and they would run people through the kitchen demo. Uh, I think one of the other demos. But yeah, they they definitely sent out you know trucks to get people into the whole PSVR part of Resident Evil Seven. Mm. Uh, I don't know if any other companies have done that though. I guess other it's than... obviously logistical and financial. Yeah, it was a cool trailer oh. though. Yeah, 
I, uh, it's just every time somebody's like played on the PSVR at, at my house, they've always been like, oh God, I've got to get one of those now. And then I've always had to interrupt like, it's probably a waste of money. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't bother. It's, it's fine. It was good for this half an hour and hour you've been playing it here, but trust me, you're probably not going to get a lot of use out of this. Yeah, that's the thing with VR too, is it's like, it's really fun for like the first half hour. And then yeah. kind of like you start feeling it on your head, like, mm. man. And then usually for me by, by about an hour, the hour mark, I'm like, I, I don't, don't know. Wanna, I'm, I'm the opposite be because I, <laughs> I don't play VR because I know if I start playing VR, that's, that's it. That's my day. That's everything. I'm going to just lose myself in it. It will be, oh, really? you know, six hours later, suddenly my wife's going to bed and she kicks past my feet and scares me because I'm playing some horror game or something. And, uh, yeah, I, I just completely lose myself in, huh. in VR. I can't play just a short, short stint. You know, it's not something like where I can just pop in and go, oh, I'll play 10, 15 minutes. I just completely lose yeah. myself in it. So. I think the only VR game that I've been hooked on for a sustained period of time was um, Battlezone, which uh, I don't think a lot of people enjoyed. It like had a really average reviews, but it had such a friendly community. And obviously, everybody's like you with the PSVR headset, you kind of auto mic is on or something, so um, you just talk into these people straight away while you're all in your tanks. And I just like had like um, it's like a roguelike, so it's just like a you know four to five hour campaign. And you just got to keep playing. I was just with this group of like three Scottish guys and uh, just played to the end. I was, I just came out of my tank and I was like, VR is the future. <laughs> and then, well, if VR is the future wasn't. or not, we'll uh, definitely be talking about it on a future episode of the Crossplay Podcast. Uh, one other thing mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that everybody knows, mm-hmm. uh, starting next week, we are going to start uh, giving away um, games and, and, codes and things to people who send in comments and questions and things so uh if you have something that that you want us to talk about and discuss you want our our feelings on it um you want our bad opinions or you want to share your bad opinion uh we we are incentivizing that by giving you free stuff possibly not for every comment but we'll uh we'll pick some and uh and (laughs) Yeah. yeah, the ones that get read out, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll throw we'll try and at, yeah. throw something your way. So yeah, questions <laughs> are much appreciated uh, to kind of open up the the topics a little bit, get us to think outside of our own heads somewhat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening mm-hmm. to the Crossplay Podcast. Uh, make sure that you follow both of us on Twitter. We're at PS Lifestyle, and uh, are you guys at Game Revolution? Game underscore at revolution. Game underscore revolution. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Finch Strife. Uh, at Paul Tamboro. Don't uh, email me. Jason Faulkner. All one. And one. what were? <laughs> what were you, Cameron? Cameron's just thought nobody's fucking following me. <laughs> oh yeah, don't don't send Cameron. <laughs> yeah, anything. I don't want people to send me uh, stuff. But yeah, you can follow all of our bad uh, Twitter tirades there uh, to where we get fired from developers. No, 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 no. no just, just oh, Twitter. it's Twitter. I thought it was email. At <laughs> uh, lifewish underscore. He just, he's like, what's your Twitter? He sends out his social number. security number. <laughs>
All right, guys, thank you very much for <laughs> listening, and uh, we'll be back next week, maybe. Thank you. Have a good week.